From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. Nearly one in five jobs in Alaska state government is vacant, and in response, departments plan to conduct recruitment campaigns and provide hiring incentives. That's according to the Alaska Beacon. Juno Representative Andy Story called for the return of defined benefits while a guest on Action Line. We need to return to a defined benefit system that has really uh, hurt our retention of employees. Since 2006, we no longer have a defined benefit, but we have switched to a defined contribution. And after five years with the state, uh, people can take their, um, it's kind of like a 401k and uh, with them and don't have to uh, uh, work uh, through uh, retirement. Story noted that some employees come to Alaska to get trained and then go down south. One example was teachers. We have lost a lot of teachers who after five years have taken their uh, retirement money and gone down south. And a lot of times we feel like we are training a training ground for the lower 48. And certainly if you talk to our public safety, our troopers, our police officers, they so much feel they are training uh, Washington State's uh, police officers. The legislature had passed HB 226 in the recent session, which sought a 5% pay hike for non-union state employees. Story was asked if that will help. We're trying that right now in many areas uh, across the state, bonus uh, for uh, working, um, I believe, the uh, uh, Department of Corrections, $10,000 bonus uh, for certain positions there. So uh, obviously that is uh, uh, incentive that state government is using. We need to be paying uh you know, affordable, livable wages. We just improve. We just approved the contract negotiations, so uh, there some um, public employees will see an increase. Story also expressed disappointment in Governor Dunleavy's vetoing of several million dollars intended to pay hiring and retention bonuses. A Juno chef is among more than a dozen culinarians who will take part in a com- competition in Louisiana. Louisiana Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser and the Louisiana Seafood Promotion and Marketing Board have invited Chef Amara Enciso, the owner of Brava Food in Juneau, to face off against 13 other chefs from around the country at a seafood cooking competition, the 18th annual Great American Seafood Cook-Off. The event is set for August 6th in New Orleans. I'm really humbled and excited to go and represent the state. Um, with it comes a huge responsibility. Uh, I will be showcasing uh, several different types of seafood uh, native to Alaska at the competition. And I'm just uh, most excited about being able to showcase what Alaskans eat um, almost on a day-to-day basis. Um, I mean, there are a lot of hands that go into getting a product from the ocean to a table So I'm really eager to go and uh, put my best cooking hand forward and showcase what Alaska has to offer when it comes to seafood. She explained what her business in Juneau is about. It's a private chef business, um, primarily in conjunction with the Jorgensen House, um, their luxury bed and breakfast in the Highlands in Juneau. So I cook in partnership with them. I teach cooking classes, cooking demos. I do a lot of private events. 
When News of the North caught up with NCSO, she was out foraging for natural foods. I am currently out on North Douglas here in Juneau, and I am foraging for the last of the berries that are in season. Um, I love to be out, you know, in in the elements out here and looking to see what's, what's available. And uh, I try and implement whatever it is I find into the dishes that I create for my clients. The cook-off will be August 6th in New Orleans. We've got billions of barrels of oil in our federal areas. We've got a world-class pipeline that is one quarter full and a general refusal from the administration to help us do much of anything about it. That was U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski speaking on the Senate floor this week to urge the Biden administration to prioritize American-made energy. Specifically, Murkowski highlighted record-breaking gas prices. She called for a course correction from the administration. Gasoline prices are way too high. We know that. We've hit, we've hit uh, national records in, in recent weeks. They're averaging right now about $5.32 a gallon in my state. Uh, that's actually down a little bit from where we were last month, but it's up over 50% from where we were last year. Murkowski says this is where Alaskans are feeling the pinch. They're feeling it in their pocketbooks. Families are. Businesses are. And, and whether you are in places like Anchorage or Fairbanks, your budgets are, are stretched thinner and thinner and thinner. And, and it's increasingly difficult for small tourist uh, operations, um, whether you're trying to take people out on flight seeing trips uh, in the air or on the water, our fishing fleets having to fill up their, their fishing vessels. Uh, but it's especially, particularly our outlying villages, these villages that are off the road system, that are, 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 have already faced high prices. Now the prices are astronomical. Murkowski was also critical of President Joe Biden for seeking oil from other nations. I don't begrudge the president for meeting with world leaders. We expect him to do this. And I think it's a great idea to do what we can to increase supply to reduce prices. This is kind of the basics of, of supply and demand. I've championed this for years. Let's increase our, our, our supply. But the question is where that energy is going to come from. Where should we focus our time? Where should we focus our efforts? And I think it just has to begin at home. It has to be here. She was also critical of Biden for not seeking to increase output of American oil first. Last Saturday, a national suicide prevention hotline became available, allowing those across the nation to dial in and connect to mental health resources and counselors in an emergency. Activists and mental health officials hope the new three-digit number, 988, will be easier to remember and allow more people to dial in during a potential crisis. Juno Police Lieutenant Craig Campbell was asked about the 988 program while a guest on Action Line. Well, I think that's a great resource. Uh, I'm excited to see how that uh, works here in Alaska and in Juneau specifically. Um, you know, mental health is something that is... Um, it, it takes people with special skills and training to successfully deal with. Uh, I think it's in a lot of people's minds of, hey, we need we need people trained to deal with people who are in mental health crisis. And sometimes those resources aren't always available. And so it's nice to be able to have an additional resource for people to go to and to try to get help. And I think that's our goal is to try to help people who are in crisis. It was asked about the police department's aim to have mental health professionals respond to crisis. 
I think that would be uh, the goal on the long term, where you can have people who can respond to those, um, and then have police as a as a support versus having the police as they the main responders, uh, because really that's not our their main responsibility. It's not our main job, but since you are you have police twenty four seven, that they sometimes get lumped into that role. Campbell added that he would prefer such a professional respond. As a police officer, I would much prefer to somebody who's trained as a mental health uh, uh, professional to go and meet with those people as the primary. Definitely we can go as a secondary to help support those people to make sure things are safe. Uh, I don't think we're there yet uh, with you know having the groups that can do that because it takes a lot of staffing. But I think everybody understands that's where we'd like to go. And I think this 988 program is kind of a step in the right direction to uh, provide services for people. You know, Police Lieutenant Craig Campbell. The Huna Department of Public Safety is continuing to investigate a house fire early Thursday morning. According to Police Chief Eric Hurtado, the building was set up for temporary housing of guest workers that are employed by Icy Stray Point. The building is made up of four C containers, which had been renovated as housing, laundry, and a cooking area. Residents told firefighters that they were woken up by the smell of smoke inside the structure. Several of them reported trying to call 911 but could not get a signal. The Alaska Department of Public Safety has been notified that a citywide cell phone tower problem over the past few days may have contributed to a delay in the reporting of the fire. A tenant told firefighters that someone used a Wi-Fi signal to contact 911 to report the fire. Two people were transported to the Huna Clinic with smoke inhalation they have since been treated and released. The cause of the fire is still being investigated by the Huna Fire Department. The triannual disaster exercise drill at the Juneau Airport is set for tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. and will last until about noon. According to Deputy Seed Manager Robert Barr, if you see thick black smoke or fire and hear sirens near the airport, you don't have to call 911. We'll be simulating, uh, simulating an emergency. Uh, it's it, it may not necessarily look like a simulation. There will be an active fire at one point during the exercise, um, and uh, we want people to know about it because we don't want we don't want folks to think that there's actually uh, an emergency happening. It's just us practicing and getting everyone, all the organizations together who would uh, participate. The drill will last between three and four hours tomorrow. So that'll be on Saturday, and we're starting at nine. So it'll go for. You know, somewhere between three and four hours uh, on Saturday morning. So be aware of that. We've got lots of uh, community participants that have signed up to help us, so we're super appreciative of that. The drill occurs every three years and is mandated by the Federal Aviation Administration. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has ended its COVID program for cruise ships. New guidance for cruise ships to mitigate and manage COVID transmission will be available in the coming days. Barr also spoke about that on the morning show. I think it is it is a fair statement to say to say that the CDC is backing off of you know the the kind of day to day uh, cruise ship monitoring that they had been doing throughout the pandemic, um, but that guidance still exists. We do still have port agreements with the cruise ships that kind of govern how um, how we how we interact uh, in the time of uh, what remains to be a significant amount of transmission of COVID, both you know in our communities uh, and aboard cruise ships. Deputy City Manager Robert Barr 
Alaska Airlines announced Tuesday that it's poised to become the first U.S. airline to launch an electronic bag tag program later this year. The airline said in a release that the electronic bag tags will allow guests to skip the step of printing traditional bag tags upon arrival at the airport, and instead, guests will be able to activate the devices from anywhere up to 24 hours before their flight using the Alaska Airlines mobile app. You can read more under the news tab of KINYradio.com. Also, Alaska Air Group, the holding company for Alaska Airlines, announced their second quarter financial results Thursday. The quarter ended on June 30th. The airline posted revenue of $2.66 billion in the period, surpassing street forecasts. Six analysts surveyed by Zacks expected $2.59 billion. Alaska Air Group CEO Ben Minicucci spoke during an investor's conference call Thursday. We continue hiring at a rapid pace and are consistently meeting our hiring goals. We are currently at our target staffing levels across most work groups and locations. Our transition towards a single fleet remains on track. Our max fleet continues to grow, while the A320s and Q400s will be fully retired by early 2023, followed by the A321s at the end of 2023. Minikuchi said that June was a phenomenal month as revenue surpassed $1 billion, which he said is the highest monthly revenue recorded in the group's history. We are in a period of record-breaking demand, which is reflected in the solid Q2 results we reported this morning. Our 14% second quarter pre-tax margin lands us near the top of the industry, a remarkable achievement given the fact that fuel expense is up 65% versus the same period in 2019. However, pilot hiring is still a challenge. Pilot attrition is another challenge we are attentive to across Alaska, Horizon, and SkyWest. Attrition is most acute at our regional carriers and is a constraint across the industry. This is evidenced by industry regional capacity that is down 20 to 30 percent versus 2019 as mainline carriers hire pilots at unprecedented levels. Alaska Air Group CEO Ben Minicucci. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.